Hey everybody, welcome back to That Plumbing Podcast. I'm Brandon the Plumber, and today we're gonna talk about how maybe as a business owner or a service manager, you could get your guys to buy into this sort of philosophy. This topic comes from someone who emailed me last night saying that they come from a new construction union background and decided to open their own service plumbing business. And that new construction guys, as, as in his employees, tend to not respect service. And they, I'm sure they think that it's salesy, they're trying to get in, get out for the cheapest price. And I totally get it because sales has such a bad reputation. And quite frankly, other companies, the examples from other companies of bad encounters are everywhere. Everyone knows that plumbers are expensive and trade professionals. I'm sure we've heard stories of how they've overcharged. I'm sure as technicians, we go in the house and we've heard how much some companies charge for their services. And we know that it's wrong. So first off, I'd just like to say the for the guys that are broke fix, they want to get in, they want to fix the symptom and get out and save the customer money, like I totally understand it. You're coming from a noble place. Your your heart is in the right place when you want to just fix what the customer says and not offer them anything else, not look at the water heater, not look at the water quality. You're trying to do good by the customer. So nothing, well, nothing's wrong with it, but there's just a better way, I believe, to offer service. And that is, again, let the customer choose. But anyway, so I'm just going to kind of touch on what I think uh, service managers and owners can do to adopt this philosophy and motivate their guys to want to do this, to see the benefits of it. Now, I'm still a technician, so this is coming as what I would like to see from the industry to, so I don't have to feel like I have to switch jobs every couple years because you know there's just nothing there for me. There's no challenge. There's no growth. And it, there needs to be growth available to the technician for him to want to stay there and be motivated to show up, head in the game, wanting to learn, wanting to be better. So, I mean, if I the first thing is the technician needs to understand that his time is worth a lot of money right now. The way the market in the industry is, it's kind of like a convergence point where there's no supply or very little supply of plumbers. The demand is going up. There are new houses being built all the time. So that's every house, every building is potential customer for plumbing. Customers sure don't want to take the time to learn how to do plumbing, how to solder. Uh, Even though a toilet, pulling and resetting a toilet is a relatively easy task, it's not nice. It's it's gross. It can be gross. It's nasty. Customers don't want to do that. And so even just the fact that you're willing to do something that they're not willing to do is very valuable. We are an essential service. We do important stuff. We keep civilization running. We get clean water to the place of residence or the commercial building, and then we extract, we, we allow the wastewater to be removed. I don't know if there's a more important service that can be offered. I mean, electricity maybe, but we've we did went years and years and years without electricity. Plumbing's been around since the Roman times, and civilization is kind of built on plumbing because you cannot have a large mass of people in one area and just have raw sewage collecting in the city, disease, death, all of that. It's just it's bad. So really understanding that as plumbers don't believe what society has told us don't believe the stereotypes of the fat guy with butt crack hanging out we are extremely valuable and in high demand 
And we need to act like that. We need to act professional, have ourselves put together, articulate ourselves, smell good. All of these things I talk about, you know, this is what being a professional is like. And this is how we're going to justify the types of prices that we're asking. So I'd say the first step is getting the technician to understand their time is extremely valuable, worth hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars per hour in certain cities. Phoenix, I've heard of some companies charging upwards of $600 per hour. Now, I do I agree with that? I don't know. I don't know that company's business expenses. I don't know their services. I don't, I don't know their culture. Maybe it is. I do know that one of the largest companies here in Phoenix is around that hourly rate, and they are still the largest company in Phoenix, and they are still in business. And there's no news reports all the time about how this company is ripping people off. So it's all about perceived value. It's all about the presentation, how you look to the customer, how the technician acts, all of these things. But understand that because of the current market situation and the industry, we are worth hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars per hour. And if you can't accept that, then you're going to have a hard time presenting customers' prices and not sounding like you believe in them. Because the customer can pick up when you say it's going to cost this much for this service. If you have hesitation or doubt in that price, the customer will sense it. As opposed, if you're confident, you know you're worth this. You present the price, the customer senses that. You look them in the eye, you give them the price. They say, well, that much? And you say, yes, ma'am. For a skilled trade professional with insurance, fully licensed, bonded, insured, this is what it costs. And standing firm, standing behind your price. So the company needs to stand behind the prices that they are offering to the customer. So much so that if the customer does not want to pay it, you are completely okay with walking away from that job. You have to be. You have to be confident in what you offer. And if someone tries to lowball you and tries to get you to come off your price and, oh, well, this guy can do it for this and that, you're not the type of customer that we're looking for. I think some guys are afraid to walk away from a customer. They're, they're afraid to tell the customer that, hey, you know, I get it. You're, we're not in your price range. You don't see the value in our service. That's okay. Have a nice day. Call us if you change your mind. That's preferable than having this price and then the customer talks you down to a couple hundred bucks or whatever. And, well, now you look like you're just throwing numbers out there just to try and take them. Whereas if you are firm on your price, Maybe you can do a little value stacking to help them see the value, but this is it. This is what we need to make to turn a profit. This is how much I need to make to live comfortably and provide for my family, have benefits, all the stuff we talked about before. All right, so the first thing is the technician needs to believe that his time is worth the money that the company is asking them to charge. And that concept starts with leadership. Leadership in the company, whether it's the owner or the service manager, you need someone dedicated and that totally believes and buys into this philosophy of education over persuasion, service over sales, all of this stuff. Because it's been my experience that some of the guys that I've worked with who have this kind of mindset, once they see like that I'm committed to this philosophy and I kind of explain to them the market and all the stuff that we've talked about. And then they see in action me offering services, offering different options to the customer and the customer actually choosing the mid or premium option and then being happy afterwards. 
their mindset usually switches. The, the proof is in the process. The proof is in the outcome. And you do a few calls and you see that it works and the customer actually goes for the premium and they're not like angry, calling the office, cursing you, getting you out your house. The technician will start to believe it. But it starts with the leadership. It starts with someone who has a dedicated role in taking care of the technician, ideally the service manager. To me, the service manager's number one job is to take care of the technician, to find out what do they need. Do they need tools? Do they need skills? Do they need work? What is it that that I can do as the service manager to make the technician more profitable, not for the company, not for my percentage of, you know, for the technician. So you need someone that's going to sit down with each technician and get to know them, take interest in them on a personal level, get to know them, what drives them, what motivates them, what are their goals, where do they see, where do you, where do they see themselves in a year? And then you work with them to develop a plan to get them there. This trend that I see of absentee owners where they they hire them. Everything's great in the beginning. They're asking them how they're doing. They're, they're involved with them. And then as time goes on, contact with them becomes less and less and less until you're really only seeing them for service meetings. Like that's not the way to have a team, have a culture, have a company that is motivated and dedicated to a, a single goal, which is giving options, providing service, education over persuasion, all that stuff. So you got to have someone whose job is dedicated, who is bought in to the idea of this and has the ability to work with the technicians. So ride along, stuff like that, that can show them that it works. I mean, you look at just leadership is crucial in every, every industry, every field. You have to have someone that is leading by example. Otherwise, if you just give them podcasts, or you just give them books or give them training once a once a year or something, that's not going to change them. That's not going to get them to buy in to your process. And then they're just going to leave once they get bored, which they're going to get bored eventually. You, you got to, which brings us to the next, the next concept is having a system in place so the technician knows where he's, uh, where he's lacking or where he can improve and where he's doing awesome. So Service Titan, uh, I've only worked with Service Titan but Service Titan has metrics to where each technician, you can see different statistics based on everything, everything about the call. And it's the service manager's job to understand those metrics and then get the technician to understand those metrics and then come up with a plan together as a team to become better at those metrics. So it's not just simply about close rates or bottom line sales. I mean, I think every person, every human has an innate urge to do better, to better themselves, to know that they're working towards something bigger, that they're going to be in a better financial spot in a year. And that's what is needed to drive a company and to propel it to the top. I mean, uh, A1 Garage Doors, Tommy Mello, he has a uh, podcast. It's uh, home service, A1 Home Services, something like that. Check him out if you've never heard of him. He's in Phoenix. He's in the garage door business. But his type of philosophy, his energy, the way that he presents himself is exactly, I mean, that's, he's kind of like the perfect example because he is, his pitch from the beginning is that he, his technicians are first. He wants them to be educated. I mean, he'll take them, someone who knows nothing about garage doors, and he'll put them, he bought an entire hotel 
out here in Phoenix. He puts you up in a hotel for a month where all you do is work on garage doors and have a crash course in everything that has to do with garage doors. And so after the end of those 30 days, you might know more than someone who's been in the field you know, years and years who just never had that kind of comprehensive education. But, but constantly throughout his podcast, and he has books, it's about the technician. It's about motivation. It's about creating a culture of being better and wanting more. And he charges a, a top tier. But he's in business. He's staying in business. He's growing. So it is a mindset. It, it's a mindset to understand that we are valuable and we deserve the technicians. We deserve a living wage. We deserve to make good money for our, uh, our families. It's not about like a corporate, it's about the corporate earnings and the shareholders where on like a service level, it's about the technicians. So that being said, commission is probably for the best when it comes to at least the guy that's talking to the customer. The guy that's talking to the customer and presenting options should be commission-based on some level. And then you empower the service expert to succeed. And as a byproduct, the customer makes more money. The guy in the front lines needs to be priority. The rest will fall into place. I mean, just to take it another step, if you have a service expert that goes out there and he's, his company supports him, they educate him, they take interest in him, he's making good money, his family is provided for, he has good benefits, his natural demeanor and his natural like state when he talks to the customer is going to be more positive, more energetic, as opposed to someone who's just a number doesn't really have a connection with the company as a whole. He's just out there by himself trying to survive. He's doing it for a paycheck. Like his mindset when he walks into a customer's house is going to be completely different than the guy who is taken care of by his company. And you can't fake it. I don't think you can you can be the second guy and fake enthusiasm and fake liking your job and to the customer. It's much easier, I think, to just create an environment where it's true and it just naturally oozes out of your technicians. So three people you can check out if you want to kind of get into a little bit more about leadership and the philosophies that I'm talking about. We have said it before, uh, Tommy Mello. His podcast is Home Services and he's great. You listen to a few episodes of him and you'll you'll know exactly where I'm coming from. He has a book out as well. You also have Jocko Willink, I'm sure a lot of you have heard him. If not, he's a former Navy SEAL. He has his own podcast, Jocko Podcast. He's been on Rogan. He's been all around. He has books uh, that are really great on leadership. He is His philosophy is to take complete ownership of everything, everything that's wrong in your life. And that means that if you can take ownership of what's wrong, then you can see what you can do better next time, no matter what. No matter what, it's my fault. And the service manager or owner should have that attitude. If a technician is not doing well, if he's not closing, if for whatever reason, it is the service manager's fault that he's not coaching him enough, he's not educating him, he's not working with them enough. So it's his, now the service manager's job to go and figure out how to get this technician where he is. Leadership, it's, 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 it's the key to everything. And finally, Simon Sinek, He's more of like on the tech side, but he talks a lot about leadership as well. Look him up on YouTube. All of these guys, you know, you can't really go wrong. And it'll leave you down a rabbit hole of leadership and, and trying to be a better person. And it's actually very empowering once you stop blaming 
everyone else for your shortcomings. It, it's the company's fault. It's its customer's fault. It's the technician society's fault. It's no, it's your fault. It's my fault. If there's something not going the way that I like, what am I doing wrong? And what can I do to improve it? You've got to have that philosophy that the service manager needs to have that philosophy or the owners, either one, both tech, probably, uh, if you're going to build a team that is going to stick together and is going to succeed and start offering the types of services that can get you hundreds and hundreds of dollars an hour, 600 plus. And it's only going to go up as the industry, as people continue to retire and there's less and less plumbers, everything, all prices on everything are going up. That's why I say this is an amazing time for new guys to get into the field. Everyone's always talking about, you know, if you want to make money, be a YouTuber, hustle, grind, do dropship and do TikTok shop, all of these things. What about the trades? What about actually going out and doing something that actually matters, that is essential, where you can connect with the customer and, and help them in their time of need when they're afraid and kind of get them back to their normal life? Like there is so much growth potential in the trades right now. And for the next, for, for years to come, it's going to take a while to kind of work and change the perspective of the service, service plumbing and, and service trades. So one of the main things that I want to do with this podcast is to help recruit new guys and let them know that, hey, plumbing, HVAC, electrical, the skill trades, that it, not only is that an option, it is an option that that we need you. That you're, if you're competent and you're willing to learn and you're willing to be coached, you can make a very good living for yourself doing something that actually matters and not just coding away on a computer somewhere for a Facebook like button. Or you know, this stuff matters. And and the best thing about service plumbing is absolutely every home is a potential customer. Every commercial building is a potential customer. And since every person has a house or lives somewhere, mostly, every person you meet is a potential customer. It's it's an it's ungodly amount of opportunity. All right, so just to recap right quick, I think the first thing is the technician needs to understand that the skills that the skills that he provides in the service that he provides is valuable. It's very valuable. It's worth hundreds of dollars per hour, given the market, given the industry try and educate your technicians on, you know, why we can ask this amount for this type of service. He needs to understand that it's not just the actual wrench time. There's a lot more that goes into the hourly rate than just changing the angle stop. Insurances and all all of the insurances, uh stocked van, office personnel, all of these things. The technician needs to at least trust the company in that the price that they are asking them to ask the customers to pay is legit and for a reason. And ultimately, it benefits the technician the most because they're getting the commission. They're going out there and they're better in their lives based on their ability to educate. Second, I think it's important that the technician is uh, commission-based so that his income is directly correlated with the service that he provides. And the company, in turn, motivates him to better himself. And as a byproduct, the company profits go up. You know, it's, it's not all about the customer. It's about the technician. Um, third, have a dedicated service manager or owner who is completely bought into this philosophy, who, is, who has his job is to 
manage the technicians and coach them, get to know them, figure out their individual needs, show them metrics, have the metrics, they understand the metrics, and then get the technician to understand the, the, the metrics and then set goals to improve those metrics. Even if it's just 1% a month, whatever, as long as you are getting them to improve and the t- they have to see the value in improving, then you're on the right path. So someone who is completely bought in and dedicated to coaching, it comes down to coaching in the end, leadership. It, you need someone in that position. Don't be an absentee owner. Don't just turn them loose and never talk to them. And just because customers aren't complaining, assuming that you're doing a good job or that the technician is happy and fulfilled. And also the technician needs to see uh, the investment the company is providing to them if they are selling a lot, if their their numbers are up, they're closing premiums, whatever, they need to see that money being invested back into them. So like education, new tools, new trucks, breakfasts at wherever, you know, see that the company cares enough to take that extra profit and give back a little bit more other than just their commission. You can have contests, who sells the most anode rods in the month, gets a whatever gift card, like ways to just kind of create a culture, keep everyone together and in communication. Now, I understand that that's probably been a challenge until recently is because everyone's always out doing their own thing. So it's hard to kind of build a culture when you're not all together. But great with with the internet, you can keep everyone kind of in the same page. Like this podcast is a great example. It's just like keeping, like putting out content and getting your guys to listen to it and just keeping everyone on the same page. So something like this for a service manager doesn't have to be published, doesn't have to go to Spotify or Apple Podcasts, but creating content and getting the technicians to listen to it. So, you know, then they don't have to come into the office. They don't have to take time from their day. They can listen throughout the day. I think that's very valuable and very important to help build a culture. Because remember, deep down, we all want to better ourselves. We all want to know that we're working towards something, that our time is not being wasted, that we're not just a number, that we're actually going to be in a better place next year than we are to this year. And it's about the technician bettering themselves compared to themselves, not trying because you're not making top sales that for some reason you're not you know, better, you're not better in yourself, you're not doing well. No, you, the technician's only competition is themselves the previous month or the previous day. So, I mean, ultimately, it comes down to having a great leader in a position of leadership who can have consistent time given to the technicians, who gets to know them, who finds out their individual personalities, gets them to set goals, and helps them achieve them. I think that's what you need. So the only real challenge is finding that guy or becoming that guy. All right, so I think that does it for this episode. I just wanted to thank everyone for listening again. I believe I crossed 350 downloads the other day, which uh, for 10 episodes, that's for me, that's great because my only metric is myself. And before I started this, I was getting zero views. So 350 is infinitely better than the zero I was getting before. And if you want to reach out to me, I'll even, I'll even help coach you. I mean, I'll, I'll give you, we can have a phone call, we can email back and forth. Like I am more than willing if you have any questions to kind of clarify. I mean, I'll do free phone calls. I I'm, I'm doing this so that I can connect with other people, build a community. So feel free, reach out to me. It's brandon at thatplumbingpodcast.com. 
or you can check out the podcast on YouTube, but it's under Brandon the Plumber. And it would be really great if, if y'all would go there and leave a comment. You know, the, one of the it, podcasting has advantages and disadvantages. One of the disadvantages, it's a lot harder to engage and connect. But if you go to the YouTubes and leave a, uh, a comment, I'll definitely respond. Next week, I kind of plan on going through the service call, like the anatomy of a service call and break it down into like what's really going on throughout the whole process and some techniques to kind of build that relationship and ask questions. That'll be next week. I'm not sure exactly how many parts it'll be, but we'll see. So, all right, guys, thanks for tuning in. Have a good weekend and I will talk to y'all next week.